Hello, my name is Fio and this is Miss Fio's Library Podcast. Today I read a new chapter of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I hope you like it. Chapter 8 Two More Golden Tickets Found That evening, Mr. Bucket's newspaper announced the finding of not only the third golden ticket, but the fourth as well. Two golden tickets found today, screamed the headline. Only one more left. All right, said Grandpa Joe, when the whole family was gathering in the old people's room after supper. Let's hear who found them. The third ticket, read Mr. Bucket, holding the newspaper up close to his face because his eyes were bad and he couldn't afford glasses. The third ticket was found by a Miss Violet Beauregard. There was great excitement in the Beauregard's household when our reporter arrived to interview the lucky young lady. Cameras were clicking and flashbulbs were flashing and people were pushing and jolting and trying to get a bit closer to the famous girl. And the famous girl was standing on a chair in the living room waving the golden ticket madly at arm's length as though she was flying in a taxi. She was talking very fast and very loudly to everyone, but it was not easy to hear all that she said because she was chewing so ferociously upon a piece of gum at the same time. And a gum chewer normally, she shouted, but when I heard about these ticket things of Mr. Wonka's, I gave up gum and started on chocolate bars in the hope of striking lucky. Now, of course, I'm back on gum. I just adore gum. I can't do without it. I mount it all day long except for a few minutes at middle time when I take it out and stick it behind my ear for safekeeping. To tell you the truth, I simply wouldn't feel comfortable if I didn't have that little wet of gums to chew on every moment of the day. I really wouldn't. My mother says it's not ladylike and it looks ugly to see a girl's jaws going up and down like mine do all the time, but I don't agree. And who's she to criticize anyway, because if you ask me, I'd say that her jaws are going up and down almost as much as mine are, just yelling at me every minute of the day. Now, Violet, Miss Beauregard said from a far corner of the room, where she was standing on the piano to avoid being trampled by the mob. All right, mother, keep your hair on, Miss Beauregard shouted. And now, she went on, turning to the reporters again, it may interest you to know that this piece of gum I'm chewing right at this moment is one I've been working on for over three months solid. That's a record, that is. It's been the record held by my best friend, Miss Cornelia Prismetal. And was she furious? It's my most treasured possession now. This piece of gum is. At night time, I just stick it on the end of the bedpost and it's as good as ever in the mornings. A bit hard at first, maybe, but it soon softens up again after I've given it a few good chews. Before I started chewing for the world record, I used to change my piece of gum once a day. I used to do it in our lift on the way home from school. Why the lift? Because I liked sticking the gooey piece that I've just finished with onto one of the control buttons. Then the next person who came along and pressed the button got my old gum on the end of his or her finger. Ha! <laughs> and what a racket they kicked up, some of them! You get the best results with women who have expensive gloves on. Oh yes, 
I'm thrilled to be going to Mr. Wonka's factory. I understand that afterwards he's going to give me enough gum to last me for the rest of my whole life. Whoopee! Hooray! Beastie go, said Grandma Josephine. Despicable, said Grandma Georgina. She'll come to a sticky end one day, chewing all that gum. You see if she doesn't. And who got the fourth golden ticket? Charlie asked. Now let me see, said Mr. Bucket, peering at the newspaper again. Oh yes, here we are. The fourth golden ticket, he read, was found by a boy called Mikey TV. Another bad lord, I'll be bound, muttered Grandma Josephine. Don't interrupt, Grandma, said Mrs. Bucket. The TV household, said Mr. Bucket, going on with his reading, was crammed like all the others with excited visitors when our reporter arrived. But young Mike Tivy, the lucky winner, seemed extremely annoyed by the whole business. Can't you fool see I'm watching television? he said angrily. I wish you wouldn't interrupt. The nine-year-old boy was seated before an enormous television set, with his eyes glued to the screen, and he was watching a film in which one bunch of gangsters was shooting up another bunch of gangsters with machine guns. Mike Tivy himself had no less than 18 toy pistols of various sizes hanging from belts around his body, and every now and again he would leap up into the air and fire off half a dozen rounds from one or another of these weapons. Quiet! he shouted when someone tried to ask him a question. Didn't I tell you not to interrupt? This show's an absolute whiz-banger! It's terrific! I watch it every day! I watch all of them every day! Even the rotten ones, where there's no shooting, I like the gangsters best. They are terrific, those gangsters, especially when they start pumping each other full of glee, or flashing their old stilettos, or giving each other the one, two, three with their knuckle dusters. Gosh, what would I give to be doing that myself? It's the life, I tell you. It's terrific. That's quite enough, snapped Grandma Josephine. I can't bear to listen to it. Nor me, said Grandma Georgina. Do all children behave like this nowadays? Like these brats we've been hearing about? Of course not, said Mr. Bucket, smiling at the old lady in the bed. Some do, of course. In fact, quite a lot of them do, but not all. And now there's only one ticket left, said Grandpa George. Quite so, sniffed Grandma Georgina. And just as sure as I'll be having cabbage soup for supper tomorrow, that ticket will go to some nasty little beast who doesn't deserve it. Chapter 9 Grandpa Joe Takes a Gamble The next day, when Charlie came home from school and went in to see his grandparents, he found that only Grandpa Joe was awake. The other three were all snoring loudly. Shh, whispered Grandpa Joe, and he beckoned Charlie to come closer. Charlie tiptoed over and stood beside the bed. The old man gave Charlie a slight rein, and then he started rummaging under the pillow with one hand. And when the hand came out again, there was an ancient leather purse clutching his fingers. Under cover of the bedclothes, the old man opened the purse and tipped it upside down. Out fell a single silver sixpence. It's my secret hoard, he whispered. The others don't know I've got it, and now you and I are going to have one more fling at finding the last ticket. How about it, huh? 
but you'll have to help me. Are you sure you want to spend your money on that, Grandpa? Charlie whispered. Of course I'm sure, spluttered the old man excitedly. Don't stand there arguing. I'm as keen as you are to find that ticket. Here, take the money and run down the street to the nearest shop and buy the first wonk bar you see and bring it straight back to me and we'll open it together. Charlie took the little silver coin and slipped quickly out of the room. In five minutes he was back. Have you got it? whispered Grandpa Joe, his eyes shining with excitement. Charlie nodded and held out the bar of chocolate. Wonka's nutty crunch surprise, it said on the wrapper. Good, the old man whispered, sitting up in bed and rubbing his hands. Now come over here and sit close to me, and we'll open it together. Are you ready? Yes, Charlie said, I'm ready. All right, you tear off, you tear off the first bit. No, Charlie said, you paid for it, you do it all. The old man's fingers were trembling most terribly and they fumbled with the wrapper. We don't have a hope, really, he whispered giggling a bit. You don't know we don't have a hope, don't you? Yes, Charlie said, I know that. They looked at each other and both started giggling nervously. Mind you, said Grandpa Joe, there is just that tiny chance that it might be the one. Don't you agree? Yes, Charlie said. Of course, why don't you open it, Grandpa? All in good time, my boy, all in good time. Which end do you think I ought to open first? That corner, the one furthest from you. Just tear off a tiny bit, but not quite enough for us to see anything. Like that, said the old man. Yes, now a little bit more. You finish it, said Grandpa Joe. I'm too nervous. No, Grandpa, you must do it yourself. Very well, then. Here goes. He tore off the wrapper. They both stared at what lay underneath. It was a bar of chocolate, nothing more. All at once, they both saw the funny side of the whole thing, and they burst into peals of laughter. What on earth's going on? cried Grandma Josephine, waking up suddenly. Nothing, said Grandpa Joe. You go on back to sleep.